Good afternoon. Oh, hi. Hi there. Well, hi. You know, the awkward pause, you know, because like we haven't been podcasting like at all. And stuff. I know. So. We've been uh, bad at it. I mean, I think I've also been. Anyway, yo, let's not make no any excuses. So we'll just do the disclaimer. So anything you hear on Rush the Bus is out of our cell views and nobody else's views doesn't reflect our employers current and therefore after and yada yada yes the opinions expressed are that of our own our own mm-hmm. so anyway so it's not make excuses but so what we're gonna what we're gonna you know if nobody wants to talk just on a podcast i mean i think we have some funny stuff to talk about so you know well i'm sure people want to talk we just have to give them more notice <laughs> like yeah. So. A day's notice is not. Mm-hmm. No, it's not. But whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Good thing. Anyway, so how you been, Joe? I've been doing all right. It's been a a busy summer, but not a bloody traumatic summer for us, anyway, at work. No. So that's you know Mm-mm. good for, I guess, the neighborhood that we work in. You know, yeah. um, but it's been busy, and we had like a wild heat wave in new york you know for a bit um and i feel well, like we work at night so i mean i don't feel it was a little hot you know it wasn't like super hot the heck it was stuff. like i was changing my uniform mid-tour because i felt disgusting you don't remember this no we had patients who were sick they were like fainting no don't. i mean i do but it wasn't i don't know <laughs> so you like eat, but to me i get very angry and like it gets me like so frustrated when I'm like, I'm hot and I'm like, my uniform is sweaty. <laughs> I'm like, I have to go back to the station. It wasn't that bad. I don't know. So, only right. one CPR job. Is it? Oh, only one? Yeah. yeah. Oh. And the What's girls that? on the, the rooftop, <clears throat> that bar, these two. Oh, yeah, that was, ones- like at the te- that was like at the tail end of it. So that was a cool bar, though. You know, it I thought was. Was- I didn't even realize we were coming out on the roof. So. Yeah, we went to a, a call for an unconscious patient, and then it was this bar that had a really cool, like, rooftop, and we actually got to take an elevator up there, and then when we got mm-hmm. up there, so first time we walked. No, they, well, first we walked, but then they were like, okay. oh, there's, I guess, like, a freight elevator or whatever that goes up to, you know, the roof, and then when we got up there and actually went outside, it didn't feel any cooler. And <laughs> I thought yeah. we were still inside for a brief moment. Yeah, you know what? That's that's what I have to say. I thought we were still inside, even though, you know, like you thought you would have been outside. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it wasn't like, like you feel you come outside and then like it would be like a temperature change. But I know, but it I think that's how I'm trying to like describe altering. it. it and we came out and it was like still a hundred degrees. Yeah. <clears throat> and it was only when we sort of walked further that I was like, oh, I, I'm looking at the sky above us. We're actually yeah. outside. And then it was not just one, but two actually unconscious. <laughs> like, well, one was semi-conscious and one was awake. And it was two sisters who ended up fainting. And then, you know. We'll call it unresponsive. Well, one under, I think did actually under, faint. The under. other one the other one looked like a, a baby deer trying to get her legs under her. That was- and yeah, both of them had to be, you know. It's good that we had out. two stair chairs. I know, thank two God. Stair chairs. Yeah. It was because it was like, you know, do we call for another unit or we yeah. just go grab a chair and get these 
young ladies out of here. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then you right. missed you missed the chick. She was like in a green dress when we came out. And I guess like you went the long way around and you didn't hear her because I did the cut because like that, that food oh, venue yeah. thingy. And I squeezed in between and this chick, the skinny chick, <laughs> she's skinny and tall. And um, she said, can you move? And she said, but fuck it, blocking and da-da-da. hurry up. I got to go somewhere. And I was like, yo, I was like, I have somebody right here. I'm like, I'm going as fast as I can. And then she's like, she said something else, but she was in a taxi. You know, it wasn't your car. So if it was stopping you that much, you could have just can't, right? You could have canceled the ride and then walked past us, you know. To your venue. Or, or to also, another. it's like a Saturday. You'll imagine, you'll imagine if her venue was like on the other side of the ambulance or like around the corner <laughs> and like your bitch, your bitch and you can't get there, but you could just get out of the car. I mean, there's definitely been times where I've taken a, a cab somewhere <clears throat> and as we're approaching, it's like, we're just sitting in standstill traffic and then I just get out and walk, you know, the extra two blocks or something because it's quicker than sitting in the cab waiting for 20 minutes to get a. Do they penalize the you for that? No. All right. I mean, if, if anything, it works better for them because they still are getting the money you already paid on like yeah. an Uber. Um, no, but that's the worst. Yo, like when um, when we go like, called for the unconscious and then it says it's like in the Uber and stuff like oh, that. Those poor guys. Actually, I do wonder if that's a common thing in other big cities. We have um, one of our we're, I mean, we're about to come up on our week, you know, our working weekend. One of our most frequent calls on the weekend is especially early in the morning. Yeah. Like after the bars in the morning. So like Um, between three and five is an unconscious. And then when you're reading the text, it basically says in the back of a cab and the person, you know, tried to be responsible and take a cab ride home from whatever bar they were at, but then they're too inebriated to actually wake up and the cab or, driver or the driver you know how like everybody knows how taxi drive taxi drivers drive mm-hmm. these taxi drivers clearly are skilled enough not to make you fear your life where you know you can't fall asleep <laughs> and this dude like rolls you into oh. yeah into a beautiful deep mm-hmm. semi-conscious mm-hmm. state and but if you think if I, he, he also doesn't want his car vomited in so this dude is smart Yes. I gotta tell you, I always feel bad for those, the cab drivers, because, you know, sometimes the way this gets dispatched is they usually call and I guess they probably try to get PD to come and help them. And after a certain amount of time, when they can't wake the person up, they call and then I guess it gets patched through to an ambulance. Like now it becomes an unconscious. But one of the last ones we had our last weekend on the guy, I mean, we were able to wake the girl up pretty quickly like within the first five minutes of arrival and she was really nasty and like mean and got out and the driver was like i've been sitting here for an hour and it's like could you imagine like this is your time to make money this is your job and your income and now because some dum-dum decided to fall asleep in your cab and you can't touch them as the driver yeah that's the interesting thing too (laughs) is like you know when you know he that guy told us that that they can't even touch them i was like that's but I guess, you know, I mean, of course, at this point, like everything is about life. Yeah, but their thing is recorded, though. You know what I mean? And like, if you're a gentleman, ooh, yeah, they all say it. But Matt, yo, if you got that stick, you know, those fingers you have <laughs> and you could just like poke them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah she's like, hey. Excuse me. Oh, yo, we should bring this to we should bring this to work. This would be Wake people up with this. Yeah. 
No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the lack of a sense of humor. You know what I mean? But you know, no. you poked me. <laughs> but that. But I feel like Uber drivers can't. Um, you know, wake these people up like with any physical contact, yeah. and neither can like MTA bus drivers. Yeah. So that's also a lot yeah. of our jobs. Yeah, but you know, but the thing is like the MTA guy, like, you know, I feel bad if, you know, if he's at the terminal, you know, and everybody's off the bus, I don't feel that bad, you know? So, you know, he's going to hang out for, you know, but then again, if there's no bus that's going to backfill him, I feel bad for those people waiting for the bus. Yes, because there's a, we have a bus stop and it's a, I guess it's like the last stop for whatever bus comes up that block. I guess it comes from the Um and it's like nonstop. Like they probably, there's probably a bus driver who calls like once a day because it's not just us. BLS gets it for an intox. Like it's, you constantly hear that. I think when you talk about it more, I think that, I think it shows up more. So mark my mm-hmm. words. You think we'll have one this weekend? An unconscious on the bus? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I mean, sometimes on the bus, it's like, we'll, you know, we'll try to wake the person up. We'll try to rouse them a million times. And it's finally when we like hook them up and start carrying them to the stretcher outside is when they like wake up or it's usually when they plop down on the stretcher. <clears throat> Once their body hits the bed, then they wake up and are like, no, no, no man, uh, yeah. you know, what are you doing? And it's like, yeah. no, what are you doing? Like, yeah. no, but what like, I'm saying is like, yo, is it, you. could you, you could maybe knock out a step, right? If you just, instead of like, trying to give them like you know maybe a, a strong sternal rub instead of just jumping right in like hey you up and then, and then just going for the carry and then when you go to pick them up you know how they, they usually wake up maybe we should try that you know like yo wake up like real loud and then if they don't do that then we'll just grab them like we're going to carry them and we'll see if they wake up faster that way i think they're going to wake up faster that way i don't know why you think people are not like really unconscious no come I on joe you know you know but there's possums out you. there I, that's true, but that's usually like, I got to tell you, that's usually some, like some mental thing happening in someone's house, you know, like a behavioral disorder and the person's unconscious because they had a fight with their family and now they're, you know, feigning, having like a heart attack and we have to pick them up off the floor. And those are usually like, you know, sometimes it'll be a, a teenager or like someone's mom, you know, but I feel like on the buses and in the cabs, those tend to be like intoxes, you know, that are no, like- No, I, I get you, you know, but it's like, you know, maybe we need to try an easier way. Maybe that's gonna be an easier way, you know, cause some people like just the whole startle thing and yeah. that could be an easier way to do a- uh, The start, your that, reflex when you're falling or- Exactly, you know? Yeah. You know? So, and that's that's nicer. Cause remember we had that, <laughs> we had that, that dude whose chest was all ripped up. You know, oh my gosh, could you? That was so crazy. That yeah, was, at, was unconscious because of like a narcotic overdose. And then the staff, oh, to wake him up, they, they eventually narcaned him, um, or or the firefighters did, but they did like a sternal rub on this person. And they also had said, like, oh, he was he, he the same thing happened yesterday. Legend. And after getting the guy into the ambulance. I'm noticing that he has blood on his shirt and I'm like what is this so we pull his shirt up and he's got this like horrible abrasion in the center of his chest that looked so raw but it also looked bruised like from a previous sternum rub so my guess was that 
the day before someone did a sternal rub on him really hard and bruised him and and maybe like broke some of the skin or whatever and now today they just like reopened this sar raw spot and it it looked horrible it looked honestly i wondered if he had like a cpr puck placed but 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 other than that like you know not for nothing you really need to find alternative places to do some type of uh no, I don't like to use the word pain. You know what I'm saying? It's no, not I like know, but it is, but yo, I don't know what else you call it. You know what I'm saying? We'll say like painful stimulus, right? Yeah. Or like somewhere that's more uh, that looks nicer and may <laughs> inflict just as much pain. You know, but it's not, yeah. but it's not in a spot that looks violent. You know what I'm saying? But honestly, either way, like it's it's so funny because I feel like it's like I yo, could- if you're if you're if you're going to try to arouse a, a narcotics overdose or a really good intox in the middle of a crowd, you can't, you know, go laying in on their, on their chest, you know, and this no, guy may was- just be that good. So, but that, that goes to the triage thing. You know what I mean? Like why well, they were switching towards. No, no, no. I get that. But yo, there has to be a better triage system, you know, like that- <clears throat> that's the thing is this, this is where the disconnect is, you know, is, how come you can get a, a laundry service, you know, to monitor how many, how many sheets and blankets we can get out, right? Well, maybe this is the plan. You know, they're going to try it on this small scale, you know, sheets and blankets. And they're like, uh-huh. all right, cool. We could do it with sheets and blankets. Maybe, all right, we're going to bring in wheelchairs so then not everybody gets a stretcher, you know? Like- this is what's so frustrating. There's, there's one ambulance, uh, one ambulance, one ER that we go to, regularly that has a horrendous triage system and the funny thing is when you go to the walk-in registration at night there's like signs everywhere that says like um you know triage means like you'll be seen in the order of your emergency not in the order you came in and I'm like that's so funny because they never triage like that but this other hospital (laughs) so yeah so we haven't really had I don't think we've had any we haven't anything like dazzling you know the entire summer I was talking to like a bunch of other guys you know about i mean we've had like we've had a lot of uh mentally taxing jobs i'll say or mentally taxing is that the right word emotionally emotionally taxing involved i don't know you know what i mean like those kind of things you know jobs that you know you look at it and you read the text and go you know that this is going to be like or even jobs that i feel like you have to go above and beyond Yes. You know, even though that. you really didn't want to, like you read it and like you knew from the jump, like this shit is going to be way more involved than we want to be involved. You know, so what I think that's what we've been. I think my, my brain is like become so protective of itself. Like I, I feel like we have so many of these jobs where like, I'm so emotionally drained by it that like, it's hard for me to like, get it up for the rest of the tour like I'm so tired like we had one this summer where I was like if we have like a real job for the rest of the tour I don't know if I'm gonna be able to like do it because yeah but here's the thing is that you know when you say like yo I'm not gonna to get it up but it's like what is gonna be the thing that's gonna you know like you have to be over dazzled you know what I'm saying like I'm always saying like yo I'm not dazzled I'm not dazzled but you know it's like that's the, the shot you know the shot of dope that you need you know, it was getting bigger and bigger, you know, because, like, you know, you're putting down all this stuff. Your dopamine receptors are like. Yeah. So, but no, if you think about it like that, you know, it's like, yo, your tolerance 
is so high, you know? It is. You know, I was thinking about that story today and I don't know if we ever talked about it on, um, on this, but like where we had the young man who was stabbed outside of the uh, bar and it didn't yeah, look it like, like any the beginning major. of the summer. Yeah, like he had this small stab wound to what appeared to be his like right upper quadrant, you know? And, you know, and obviously that's a bad place to get stabbed. Oh, it's a, it's a BS stab. But was it, or maybe it was the left upper quadrant? Well, any, anyway, that, anyway, it was, yo, for nothing, for nothing, for nothing, it was a common run-of-the-mill stab. However, he looked like complete trash. You but know, here's like the thing, is that in, in our defense, is that there was a lot of people around, there was a, a fight before this, shit. exactly. So it was like, all right, he does look like shit, but is it because of the situation? You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, because he's you know had like a bit of a panic yep, thing yep. and now and he's that, gassed that out that doesn't change our yep. way of handling it but, but that's just something that's one of, like that's one of our assessment tools that we use you know like the situation yeah. you know like why does this guy look like shit? awareness yeah so when we got him in the back of the bus uh you know like pretty soon after we got him in and got him undressed oh. so that, oh. yeah there was nothing else going on physically but we were like yeah he's got no lung sounds on that side and so we realized oh actually this stabbing instead of going in was probably up yeah. you know and um so we decompressed him and for the next you know eight to ten minutes he was doing sort of okay until he started Remember that? Having- you know, like the crazy the interesting thing about that one was you know is that his color his color was like pale you know, and Very, his when lips we get, matched his face, you know. Yeah, and then like we we darted him, and his color came back. Remember that? And yes. his, you know, so then we're going, and we're on the highway, and oh, I remember he's like, "Yo, I'm gonna pass out." Remember he did those crazy, you know, those crazy yeah, eyes. eyes Every- started rolling back into his head. Yeah, so and like- that's usually I feel like that's such a good indicator that someone is really doing poorly, like. Yeah. When someone, you know, when someone's having a panic attack and they say, I think I'm going to die, you have mm-hmm. to handle that with kid gloves and you have to reassure them that they're okay. But when someone who's been traumatically injured is yeah, saying- Yeah, when their eyes, no, but not even when they're saying, but when you see their eyes, like, yo, you, when somebody really goes unconscious in front of you, it's those eyes, man. Yeah. Like he truly, his eyes. I don't know what else to call, you know, th- there's probably some medical term and people are going to listen. Yo, I think the medical term is googly eyes. <laughs> <laughs> no, but they just we'll call them like unconscious eyes but yo but they just like do like this flip and then they come back it's like like the tv resets yeah he's you know, like, like trying his body's trying to yeah, remain yeah. awake but then when you see that then you know you yeah and it was fast. like as soon as you saw that and then i i look under the non-rebreather that we have on him and i can see his lips are om- so blue they're almost purple you know what oh. i mean and we were like yep. oh shit and then yep. so then we start over again. yeah then we yeah, we dart him again. Darted him, ventilated him, and, and then, then he we perked up up. a little. Perked up a little. Yeah. He was he was awake again. But yeah. when we pulled into the hospital, they did a chest tube pretty much right away. And sometimes we don't get a chance to go back and see what happened. But that night we uh, did hemo and pneumothorax, and he had a cardiac tamponade starting. Like it had nicked the pericardium and blood was just filling up that sack so this poor kid oh, from one, yeah one little thing one tiny one t- i mean like tiny looked like a pen you know what i mean it was like not some giant machete like not some overly like there was no bleeding out from the wound you know it was just pretty much bleeding in to now, his yo, you want to know some chest. crazy stuff so when i was in 
when I was in Germany, I was talking to uh, one of the medics over there and he was on a, on a, he was on a doctor car, I think. Yeah, he was on a doctor car because they have like, you know, the doctors come with them and they have a medic with them. So they pulled up, it was like for, he fell out of a, a window or something, you know, sort of like, ah, it's going to be nothing, you know, or they're going to be dead. One of the two. So they get there, they hear that when they pull up, they're like, oh, all right, well, they fell out of a window and they roll them over and the person starts breathing. Well, in Germany, instead of us, like, you know, scooping and running, you know, like we would just, you know, dart the guy, tube him and everything. They'll do like chest tubes on the mm-hmm. sidewalk. Well, they have, yeah, the no toss, whatever, yo, like the medical that is just, from- that blows by, I, just, I don't know. Like, I, I, I hear all this stuff, you know, the more talking to guys over there, it's weird. Cause like, you know, like I've made you watch these videos and we both I'm like, why, why are they still sitting here? You know, I know but just, we, when we watch the, you know, different from like, especially European countries when we're watching yeah. like their ambulance stuff, we're always like, wow, they've been on team for a minute, but they're doing different stuff. I know. That's just, you know, I don't, like, I don't know if we could do that here. You know, <laughs> well, it would be very hard to, you know, how our public is. I mean, that kid that night that we were trying to get him in the back of an ambulance, his drunk idiot friend was like telling us all about like, oh, it's not that bad and had a camera in our face. And we basically told him like, yo, get the hell out of here. And he like was very um, combative with us. This is what you kind of encounter here. I feel like sometimes in other places, people let EMS do their jobs. But well, here- no, I think like, I don't know, you got to talk like, you know, the UK guys, like uh, especially if the London ambulance, you know, like I, I think they're getting, they've been getting beat up a lot uh, and stuff. So, yeah, so I, I just, I feel like in our city where, I mean, you know, it still took like, let's say what, at that point, like, that was like a, maybe an 11 minute ride or a 12 minute ride, which in the scheme of things is not bad. I think from the time that kid got stabbed until the time he had a chest tube was probably like less than 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and he then was in surgery. I mean, he was, he was stable. Like when we but that's came the thing back- is like, could you imagine sitting on the side of the street with a doctor, you know, putting chest tubes in you and stuff? Be cool, you know. I know. I don't. That'd be crazy to see. So yeah, it's-, it's always crazy to see it in the hospital. You know, like when we get to see that stuff. So, we took a brief pause, which is why there might be some weird disconnection, mm-hmm. because. All right, so yeah. here's it. So here's the debate that we did off the thing, and it's like, you know what? We're just gonna record this to see what happens with it. So it's like, yeah. it's like, can we? Are we able to? Like, how much of a story are we able to tell without getting in trouble for it? You know, and that's. I think that's the tough thing about doing EMS podcasts is because we don't like. There's certain aspects of our job that is that is amazing. You know what I mean? But we can't tell the story truly because all of us are scared to tell the truth. Well, there's a HIPAA law in place. Of there course. is, but it's like, I don't know, like everybody is, we also... I, I don't know. I can't, let me not say everybody. Let me not say everybody. Let me say us. All right. Let's just go ahead, Jewel. No, I was just going to say, I think thought. like it's a different culture. Like I think in fire, um, you know, heroics are like lauded and they're appreciated. And like, even if things didn't fit the mold of what precisely you're supposed to do, even if it's like a little bit like, holy, you know, poops, cowboyish, 
you know, we use the word cowboyish. Yes. Even if they were a little cowboyish, if the, if the goal was achieved, if the fire was put out, if the kid was saved, like there's like this, this kind of like, wow, what a hero. And I think for us, it's like, we're always worried more about like the culture of like, someone's going to go search out this PCR, make sure we did every single thing at the exact same moment we said we did it. And I mean, in this, this specific case, like, and it's, it's not even that, you know what else you could say? It even goes back to like, when you have a video, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, there's, there's a video of the, the call and, and everybody looks at this video, you know, oh, and, yeah. we eat, and we eat each other alive, right? Yeah. We eat each other alive over this, but it's like, instead of it, like sit back, what I've been doing lately is like, you know, reflecting on my inner self. Oh. Yeah, you like that? And like, I'll think about like, if I was in this situation, what could I, what would I have done? And would I have ended up in that situation that they were in? Or, you know, does my experience afford me a different outcome? You know, and do I comment on it? Oh, I usually don't comment. No, I usually, I I usually keep my comments to myself. You know, I, I like to read everybody else's comments, but, you know, and then I remember the other thing I'm really good at is I remember these situations. And if I'm in that situation, I try to remember like, yo, I'm not going to be that guy. Yeah. Does that make any sense? No, I get you. <laughs> like, I feel like there was a, a job we had in uh, an area that wasn't our area, I'll say, um, an area that's a little more congested with tourism. And um, it came in as an unconscious. And as we pulled up on scene, there was, we could see that the CFR company, the, you know, firefighters are literally having like a fist fight with oh, yeah. our unconscious patient who apparently when they came and tried to wake him up, he just punched their Lieutenant dead in the face, like straight away, like no provocation apparently. And so needless to say, like they were all amped up, right? Because their, their Lieutenant got hurt. I mean, it was a pretty decent hunch. He didn't expect yeah, he chipped them. He chipped them good. You know, yeah. it was unexpected. You know, nobody ever punches um, the boss. Like at least. Yeah. And so that's it. Like all the firefighters were like on top of this kid. I mean, he was like 20 maybe. And he was definitely not only high, but he obviously had like some mental illness, you know, and he was in like an episode of sorts and he was violent and aggressive. And so they were really like laying into him, trying to hold him down. And for us, we kind of were like, whoa, 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 you know, like, let's go easy and i think they thought like we're trying they thought, to they thought that we were social well i think they thought we were like these bleeding heart people who just didn't want them to hurt a kid but it's like yes that's true this is a kid who has a mental illness however this is like the middle of our city <clears throat> in an area that is heavily trafficked by tourists and cameras, with cameras. You know i mean and that's the thing is like you know sometimes you have to tell people and come in with a calm voice and find whoever is the one that's in charge and touch them on the shoulder and be like, yo, listen, guys, guys, we're going to do this. I'm, I'm with you, but we got it. We got to get ourselves under control. There has to be one person that's, that comes in and is going to be the voice of reason and think, think where you are. You know, yes, like- and I think that was the thing. It was, it was like a very emotionally heated moment yeah. because the lieutenant got hurt. Um, all the guys were like, yo, what the hell? And like decided to jump on the kid. I mean, they were trying to subdue him, but you know, they were being a little assertive, let's mm-hmm. say. Um, 
and we're, we're not we're not against assertion at all you know what no, i mean of course i mean this kid had to be subdued it took a yes. lot of people yeah. a lot of hands to get this kid under control and then yep. even when we took him to the emergency room it took a lot of them to get him right. under control and a lot right. of medicine to sedate him and he still wasn't sedated yeah. this is a poor i mean this is a sad thing this is a young man who's got like a really severe mental illness and it's uncontrolled and he's mm -hmm. having an episode that sucks you know on top of that he was probably very high um and it was a bad situation but like yeah we don't need us all to be on the evening news looking like we're beating up a mentally ill person and that's you know the thing I mean? and that's the thing is that like perception is so much perception is everything you know and and everybody knows who watches these videos you know and if, and if you're on the ambulance and stuff you know that's you know there's always a camera around you never know you know, like we're on, citizen. we're on citizen all the time. And they get some of these people get some dope videos yeah, you know, from that second floor, like you know, that, floor or whatever you know, they're in. They get, they get some trick videos and you never know where these, remember we were talking to those other, we were talking to some people, we're dealing with a patient on a street corner, right? Us and the police and our supervisor, we're, we're talking like conversation, you know what I mean? And then two people came walking by and they, they just started recording us, you know? Oh, and yeah, I, that. I just, I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's me. I, just, I keep it pushing, you know, and I, I don't know. I, you just guys just, they can record yeah. you. They can record you in the street. You can't tell them to not look away. You can ask them, listen, you just do me a favor. Just, you know, come on. And then well, they say, no, another, this was another one of those jobs where, um, the person clearly had paranoid schizophrenia. He was having an episode his wife called 911 because he became like out of the apartment violent. and not that we expected him to be violent with us but like he was in an episode he was like not knowing what was reality and so when we got there we didn't want this guy to hurt himself or get hurt and so we you know with our boss we called our boss we tried to like go help him and his wife the police came we all were trying to help this guy get into the ambulance because it was clear that he needed um, he needed some support. Yeah. However, and it was freezing. It was freezing cold. He also, though, despite being in this episode, he, yeah, he was, was he was alert and oriented. I mean, yeah. he knew who he was, where he was, what day it was. And he was adamant, like about not coming with us. And so because he and this, was, and this is the tough part, you know what I mean? This is the tough part is, are those, you know, those mentally unstable people, Oh my God, yo, we're going into like so many crazy topics here. So, um, but this comes into the thing is the people who are mentally having a mental issue, you know, um, some excited delirium, you know, who is an EDP, you know? Yeah, and I mean, I with, would say with this person, not that, I mean, if you were becoming more violent then maybe, you know, sedation would have been like- But not even that, but like, how come, what is the point or where is the thing where where we're going to take someone against their will, you know, and I know, that's... And, and that's the thing is like, it, it's a fine line, you know, and like we hear about people, you know, sedating people, you know, and, and yeah. I, I don't know, I don't know what the answer is, you know, and I, I don't want to go and, you know, lock up people, you know, because you're having a bad day, you know, like you've had that, you know, people, and that's, that's what EDP. I feel, you know, we have a really me. challenging job, like, uh, as, as, you know, healthcare employees, um, because there are people who probably could benefit from being 
I don't want to say locked down, but like placed detained detained in a supervised mental health setting where they get treated, they get medication and they get brought to level. Level? Yeah, level I, don't, I don't know what the word is. I don't know what but the word even is. that is. I mean, that can take like months, years, but at least so that they're not having a, a current episode, that they're not yeah. like a danger to themselves. But that's not really always a possibility. Um, how many of our patients do we take the same, you know, recidivists? Fire? I'm going to use the word. I like the word recidivists. Yeah. It's a but fun like, word. You know, we take the same patients to and fro, different CPEPs, and they're released within a few hours. And that's really like uh, not helpful for some of them because they just go right back to whatever situation. It's they not have. helpful. It's not helpful for them. It's it's a strain on our system. It's a strain on the hospital system. It's the amount of money that that that's causing this. I, I don't know what the answer is, you know. And know. it comes back to the pharmaceutical industry, you know, when they they figured out these psychiatric pills. Yeah, but you know what? It's not even just that. I mean, because sometimes it takes so many different medicines. I know. Um, this is, yo, this is a deep topic. I know. And it takes a lot of support, which is, I think, why we have, like, now this Be Heard, you know, yeah. crew. Um, I'm going to throw in, like, a little, I like, a little, um, I don't know. Like, there's a, a podcast that I like and I think is, as a healthcare provider, I think is, like, kind of a good idea to listen to. And it's called Unseen and Unheard, and you can like get it on iTunes. And it's basically the folks who do like Snap Judgment, which is also a good podcast. But Unseen and Unheard is stories told by patients who have schizophrenia about their experiences with schizophrenia. And it's really interesting, engaging, but also extremely heartbreaking. Um, I highly recommend it if you work in this field. I think it's a really good idea to listen because you're getting it from the people who experience this. And I think it'll give a lot of folks a different opinion of mm-hmm. how they treat the frequent flyers. Mm-hmm. That's just, I'm putting Because you would there. never know. You never know who, who you pick up. You know, no, that's the cool thing is like, you know, like some of the, some of the intoxes that you get and some of the random guys, didn't we pick up some other guy the other day? And he said he was a doctor. No. Uh-oh. Oh, there was that, who's the guy who's like a, we've picked him up at the bus. Was he the guy who's like a doctor? No, 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 no. There was a, it was a different one. But anyway, this, the, I, I don't remember where they were, but I know that they were not in their normal doctoring type of job, you know, but you, you yeah. never know who you're going to pick up, you know, that the scale on the street, you know, the Jersey city term, the bumpy, you know, um, you don't know who you're going to pick up. It's so wild. Like, yo, if you talk to these people. And, you know, when they're sober enough or whatever, you know, you might be, you might be interested. It's, it's kind of entertaining, you know, who some of these people are in their previous life, you know? And also like, sometimes it's really sad, you know, like, um, I, I hope there's a, a woman that we all used to know who was up in, you know, the Northern Brooklyn area and she was in and out like, or on the streets and not on the streets. Um, remember we picked her up from, Brookdale in time and helped her but like oh yeah uh, I hope she's well like I haven't seen her in a long time and I know that she's had times where she's been sober um and she is really interesting for various reasons but one reason Yo, her previous that, life was, yeah, she was like wild a model 
and wild, she, bro. Like, yo, she, she was, was she was hot stuff, you know. Yeah, she was <laughs> back and, in the eighties and the nineties. Yes, and, and like stuff. she lived quite a life, you know. Yeah. But alcoholism doesn't matter if you're, you know, rich, poor, like famous, yeah. not famous, you know. And um, she was. I mean, I hope she's okay. You know, she's on Facebook. I know that there there's other people have reached out to her mm-hmm. to like wish her well and hope she's well um because i i do hope she's well you know um because that'd be great like that'd be a great story you know mm-hmm. that she's like sober um because we there's another patient also who we don't see uh his son owns like a business in the area that yeah. we work and we heard like we hadn't seen him in a long time and we saw his son one day and his son told us that his father actually was clean and yeah I've been for several years and like this was he was the bane was, of many units existing. yes he was like a regular <sighs> guy you know um what's oh man i need a really good word to for for smelly other word is like smelly. Uh-huh. it was bad and it was every day and you had to carry him every time and i'm you know so and then to find out and then to find out what that man was in his previous life it's amazing it's it's crazy yo any of us who who are the two of us talking here you listening to this tonight could be your last night that's the craziest thing man but like that's that's but tonight tonight could be the night that changes your life forever yeah that's the craziest thing but you know, I mean, listen, in a good or a bad way, in a good or a bad way. Or a bad way. You know, we all work for the city here, right? Like we make fair money, right? But we're top pay medics. My, you know, I'm okay. But for the most part, I'm not like saving a giant nest egg. You know what I mean? Like I kind of live check to check, you know? And mm-hmm. I mean, I have some savings accounts that I, you know, have like for when I'm older or whatever, but like for the most part on a daily basis, it's like if I, like when I had COVID a few weeks ago and then my son had COVID after and I had to take and off. And I finally got COVID. Yeah. And my I thought last it was a possum. straight trash. Like my last check did not make it all the way through payday. Like my last check was several hundred dollars short of what I actually needed to live. And so that was just from getting sick with COVID. God forbid I got sick with something like much worse. Um, it doesn't take much for us in the city here to be without a paycheck. And then without a paycheck, you don't have insurance, you know, and it just snowballs. And yeah. so like, you know, I, I don't know, this is just us, like, this is us on our soapbox, but I, yeah. I feel like. But anyway, yo, so back to, yeah. Um... <laughs> this is just to say, you never know what no, someone's You never know, doing. you know, so, but talk to your patients, you know, so. Yeah. Never who you're gonna pick up. And then, oh, the other fun one was that old dude. He's like an old school Bushwick guy that we talked to. This is going way back. And this is another job that you think you're gonna go on this job. And this is like such total nonsense of a job, right? And you're down the chute from the hospital. You're cursing the whole way to this call, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you end up finding the coolest dude that you've talked to in a long time. Like yeah. this guy is old school Bushwick from the early eighties was airlifted to New York city from Puerto Rico in that huge airlift. And I'm sorry, I do not remember the name of it, but he worked in a um, stuffed animal factory. Oh yeah. Yeah. But it's almost like stuffed animal. Factory. And apparently you know, like, he, he did that he his was, whole career, his whole career. 
Mm-hmm. Like he did that. He was like a teenager, right? He said he was like 18 yeah. or 17, something yeah. like that when he got here. Mm-hmm. And that was like his first job. He didn't speak any English yep. and they gave him a job. And he literally did that for like whatever it was 30, 40 years or something. Yeah. I forget how old he was now. He's like 65 or some, something yeah. like that. He might be older, but anyway, but yeah, that was a cool one. Then we had somebody else. Oh, it was another old lady or something, but yo, it's so cool. Just talking to those old people, you know, Oh, that remember, it was that other guy who told us we picked him up on Fulton street, super oh, out of our area. And then yeah, we picked him up over Franklin. in. Yeah. And then he told us about the neighborhood back in the day where like, you couldn't even walk down to the end of the block and stuff like that. He's like, yo, he's like, you just hit the end of the block, bro. He's like, you hit the end of this block and whatever you had in your pockets is gone. Yeah. Yeah. We picked him up on Franklin and Fulton. And then the next time we picked him up was like all the way by like star and Irving or something really like not close by. It's, It's amazing. Like, you know, the rapport you can get with certain people and then, you find out such cool stuff, you know, when you just talk to people like humans. Yeah. So, well, I think that sometimes takes like experience, like, um, because it's not easy to talk to people all the time, you know, and it's really good at it. You've been really good at it lately. I will say that. So I haven't wanted to talk to anybody. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. But I feel like that's sometimes my forte. Whereas like, you're more like you're super efficient with every kind of like thing that we do on the ambulance and you're quick and everything else i'm more like the one who in a in a trauma situation you know will undress the person and then peter's doing all the interventions and i'm like sitting at the person's head talking to them and like keeping them awake and keeping them reassured and you know it's like i i just feel like i don't know i like this job but it does it takes a lot out of me that's but that's an important job too you know what i'm saying because yeah. You know, so uh, I don't know this. I feel like I wouldn't have known, not even known. I wouldn't have felt comfortable doing this all the time when I was new to this job. Like I'm, I came, I became an EMT when I was like 23, 24. I didn't know shit, you know? And like, I, I feel like I was barely an adult, you know? And, mm-hmm. and so I understand why sometimes like younger, newer folks maybe don't have the same rapport with patients because they're, maybe like a little less experience in speaking with adults who are older than them or, you know, like, or they're just from a different background, different neighborhood, different culture, and it's a little awkward or whatever. But like, I think as you get to do this job for a long time, like you just, you know, we're all humans, like, Mm -hmm. and so- Like the two old guys, the two two, uh, aged gentlemen on that one unit that we like. Oh, they're not old, they're just- Aged. Been on for a minute. Mm-hmm. A I long minute. Them. I love those two. Yes, a long minute. They're good. Mm-hmm. They're great EMTs. Yeah. That's what you know. That's what it takes. Like experience mm-hmm. and knowledge, and they know what's up. They're like I love them. And plus, yo, another cool thing is you know the movie. Sean Penn. Yes. Yeah, we're at the hospital and they're filming the movie oh, Black yeah. Flies, and you know Sean Penn was riding with the other paramedics and stuff, and I walked mm-hmm. by. And I said, oh my God, you're Sean Penn. And I shook his hand and I came outside and was like, I was like, hey, you're Sean Penn. They're like, who's Sean Penn? Yeah, the young folks were like, who's Sean Penn? It was like, what? 
like my head was gonna explode. Like, what in the world? You know, yep. I mean, I was so like, I I was like fairly starstruck. I would say like that Sean yeah. Penn like doing ride-alongs. That was oh, like God. pretty intense. But you know, for I guess younger folks who have you know were not like raised in the '80s, like Sean Penn doesn't really ring a bell. I guess. Yeah. But I'm like, yes, yeah, you know, Sean Penn was like in everything and. Mm -hmm. And hey, that's another one. Yo, if you're gonna, that's another good book to read, but you can listen to it because we listen to the book. Oh, Black Flies. Black Flies. Listen to the book and then watch the movie and then. Yeah, I, the movie hasn't come out yet. No. I'm, I'm looking for it. But yeah, yeah, we listened to it. We got an audible book and listened to it in the ambulance okay. and it was really good. It was mm -hmm. actually, um, you could tell that it was written by someone who worked on an ambulance because remember at first we were like, there's no way that this person did not work on an ambulance. And then we like found out that he had, but cause I'm like, this was so specific to working on a New York city ambulance. And even though it took place in the nineties, I mean, it's like very, you know, resonates very much mm -hmm. with every still day. Still to like, this day, still to this day. 100%, so, you know? It must've been awesome working back in the day though. I mean, we always say that, like, I feel like, you know, it must've been so cool, like in the eighties mm. and nineties, but yeah. I'm sure in 20 years, people will be like, whoa, it must've been crazy. Mm. No, but that's the thing. That's the crazy thing is I was like, I don't, I, especially I'll say this for the podcast, right? Like I've always wanted to find, you know, these old timers and stuff like that, you know, guys who, who were on the, on the ambulance in the nineties and the eighties and stuff. But if you, if you say, you know, back in the day, we're in 2022, Joel, you know yeah. what I mean? so way back in the day also you know, we came out way back in the day because i mean you know our careers are yours is like over 20 years right and mine is almost 20 years yeah oh but it's God. i know but it's crazy like yo the back in the day thing is just back in the day it could be 2000 you know what i'm saying i'll say that i know the oldie station now plays like 1990s music <laughs> i'm like what um yeah. Hold on, we're taking a brief pause for <laughs> chats with family members. It's it's hard to do a podcast when you're a parent. Just letting you know. Um, luckily, my son today is at his dad's, and I'll have to pick him up in a little bit. But yeah, this is a challenge. Um, <laughs> I can see in Peter's face. I don't know if you're just listening and you can't watch. Oh, how delightful. Um, but yeah, if you, I can't hear anything Peter's saying. All I hear is I just see. It's, it's, Mr. Softy too. it's the ice cream man. I know. Listen, the ice cream man. I don't know if you're not from the tri-state area. Maybe you don't know about the ice cream man. Because I know when I moved upstate years ago to go to college, there was no such thing. Like one of the friends that I made said, and he grew up upstate. He was like, you know, years ago when he was young, there was an ice cream man that came around. And like literally all the parents were like, no, don't go over there. Like no one trusted him. <laughs> and here, you know, Mr. Softy is like the Well, Mr. Softy is like the original. Like that's like yeah. the real one. Mr. Softy, there's like a Mr. Softy depot up the block from my building. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know, you know, I mean, I can see it from here, but like, uh, yeah, Mr. Softy, my kid, yo, the music starts and that's, that's it. Like, even if we just had snacks, he's like, whoa, ice cream man. I'm like, no, no, mm -hmm. no, but. Uh, so, uh, 
You know, I think we um, might have bored people enough. I know. I'm like, we should probably wrap. No, it we up. should. Yo. So anyway, so you know, going forward, maybe we'll, yo, we're gonna slide into our DMs. You want to come mm-hmm. in? You want to bitch about something? You know? Or you want to like tell us about a cool job you had during the week? You know? Yeah. And it, this is anybody. This is not just like new york people you know like our co-workers like anyone you know um you know we have we have sometimes strange availability unfortunately because we work nights and we both have young children um but so we end up being free oftentimes in the middle of the day but i feel like or the middle of the night <laughs> yeah or the middle of the night but like ems is kind of like that so i feel like there's other folks who probably have similar weird and awkward schedules so um, but yeah, let us know if you'd like to come on our podcast, just, you know, send us a message and we'll get you in because we'd yeah. love to hear your week. Yeah, we do. Huh? We should do a right. weekly thing. Yeah, maybe we'll do this weekly. We should. Mm-hmm. Are you promising that, Peter, to the universe? No, this is up to you, bro, because I do the TikTok and the Instagram. I know. My job is posts. My job is posts. This is yours. Hmm. It's, it's said here. This is like, I know it is important. No, I said recorded. Uh, Oh, we're not recording? Oh, we are recording. (laughs) All right. Well, listen, next week. Syracuse Fire next week. Oh. Yeah. So I I got in touch with the public information officer. Mm, That's cool. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so an interesting thing about Syracuse Fire is they are starting up an ambulance. Oh, really? Which is new. Yeah. They used to only do first responder. Um, they have what they call a mini and a maxi, a mini, mini maxi and a total quint service. So basically they have a mini, which is like a mini pumper, but now it's going from a mini pumper to like a pickup truck and then a suburban. And that was the mini. And then the maxi is like a regular full-size pumper. And some of them had booms on them and all the tower ladders have pumps on them. And then they went with some, they took the ladder off some, and I think they're putting them back on now. So, yep. So, mm-hmm. They had Royal Metro. I'm going to go with some more dork shit on you. So they had Royal Metro. Like I said, they must have had private ambulance. Yeah, so it was Royal Metro, and then it was um, AMR. I think AMR has a contract now, and they're just not, you know, I don't think it's any fault of the AMR guys, you know, so I think it's AMR as a whole fighting off whether they can chew. Mm-hmm. So, and a little bit of scratch, you know, a little bit of scratch, treating people the right, you know. So that's a whole nother one. We're going to save that one for next week. So, okay. Yeah, because I was talking about going Richie about, you know, making people happy. But yeah, so, so now the fire department is supplementing um, the AMR service. It used to be like one rescue. It was called like a rescue. And it was out of the, I guess fire station one. Wherever they had rescue one, it was almost like rescue two. And it was an mm-hmm. ambulance. And now they're starting to expand with a few more ambulances. So we'll find out more about that. Okay. So I'm looking forward to hearing about it. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thanks for listening, folks. And sorry for the extended wait. And uh, mm-hmm. all right, Rich. I know. We've been getting bugged by our coworker and friend, Rich. So hopefully, I'm sure there's other people who are getting annoyed too. <laughs> so, so now I'm just going to talk about like whatever we want. Yeah, do whatever with you want. Parameters that don't get us fired. Fired. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe somebody else will hire us. Maybe. Yeah. All, All right. right. Talk to you later. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening.
to Russell Bucks behind the 744 Gates Avenue on 760 Gates Avenue. 